0: You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80's Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. I I I
1: Swallow this, and after you swallow that tasty morsel of morsel of, I did it already, Daniel. I see you laughing. I knew the second I said it, you're gonna laugh. After you swallow that tasty morsel of buckshot, clean out your eardrums, Deadites, for our second part of Evil Dead coverage, Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn. Oh yeah, now we're into the good one. Oh, this yeah. is the meat of the franchise. Uh, let's get into the facts first, and we can start talking about this great masterpiece. You do want to history.
2: introduce who we are?
1: Oh shit! I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Name's Trey. Podcasts. <laughs>
0: Daniel, Jesse. There you go. Soul Swallower.
1: <laughs> hey, are you a sword swallower? No, yeah. I swallow souls. <laughs> yeah,
0: much easier.
1: Less practice required. <laughs> Speaking of which, you seen that freak show? On, I've seen commercials. On, it comes after on after before uh, Comic Book Men. Right. Which I love Comic Book Men, but, uh, I didn't know this, but. Like the dude on the show's total sidetrack, real quick. Sure. But the dude's daughter's like gorgeous on the show. Hmm. But anyway, like she was, she wanted to learn how to swallow a sword. And you know, like you learn how to swallow a sword? You take a coat hanger and they bend it like in a, you know, about a, the width of a sword with the, the U at oh, the bottom. Oh, right. Yeah. And you just practice pushing that down your throat.
0: I got another way they can practice. And oh, the, oh, here's oh, the oh. creep.
1: This, uh, this made me love the show because I hope there's more episodes like this. But the dad's. Like sneaking through the ha- or like you know obviously walking by his daughter's room and he hears, oh, oh. and I'm just like oh god if I was a father I, that door would have been down and I what the fuck's going on in here? Nobody. But he just he, gives a happy. You know nod. the camera. He looks through <laughs> and the camera from his point of view. The camera leans over and like she's like sticking the <laughs> she's sticking the hanger down and, like, ah, nah. and then he comes back to the dad. and He gives it like a little smile and then walks away. That's that's good television. I, guess. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me like that. Sh- like I don't like like the show, but I was like I tuned, I did record like another few episodes, but I haven't watched them. So that's good. I don't know if they're all entertaining as that, but that <laughs> that made me funny talking about swallowing things. But yeah, there's his daughter. Which one? That one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you can't see the one holding the f- torch. Oh, okay, in the Leather. red. Oh, same one with the Kevin Smith picture. Okay. Funny yeah. enough, which comes up? You know, comic book men comes on. Yeah, the right I Anyway, everybody, no further ado. Back to Evil Dead <laughs> 2, one of the greatest movies of all about? time. It was released March 13th, 1987. IMDb 7.8, Rotten Tomatoes. Unlike the original, not quite 100%, but 98% mm. fresh. Budget was uh, about, let's see, the original was 375000 This one was $3.6 estimated. So that's about, what, 10 times more? than the original. Mm -hmm. Uh, Domestic gross was only 5.9 so it did make its money back Uh, and again for the third week in a row I could find no information on worldwide gross but Mm. I imagine it had to be several million because this is a worldwide respected franchise. Uh, Of course just like last week directed written by Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man Drag Me to Hell starring in his groundbreaking role in part two Bruce Campbell as Ashley Williams of course he's in the sequel Spider-Man 1-2-3 My Name is Bruce Bubba Hotep man and the other cast that really don't matter aside from Ted Raimi uh, Sarah Barry was Annie the only other, scene, other, only other thing she was in was Chud 2 which I've never seen Dan Hicks was Jake uh, he was actually in Darkman and had a bit role in Spider-Man 2 in Darkman I think he was I don't know if I've if seen it if he, I don't know if I, don't think, I know you've seen, seen it Daniel no. if, if you've seen it Jesse he's, I think he's the criminal that has the one leg where uh, his bottom half of his leg pops off and it's a machine gun mm-hmm. sort of a, a pre uh, Planet Terror Planet Terror-esque thing hmm. I think that's who he was. I haven't watched Darkman since I discovered that he was in it, so I'm not sure if that's him or not. But I think, based on the facial appearance, that's who that is. If I'm wrong, shoot us an email. And then, uh, the lovely Cassie De Palva was Bobby and Joe! She was also in Guiding Light, Melrose Place, and One Life to Live. So, she did post-Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead 2, she did a lot of uh, soap opera work, mainly. Her uh, Guiding Light and One Life to Live credits were like, you know, 2016 episodes. So, she had that's where she kind of went. Uh, and recent pictures of her, she still looks... There you go. IMDb photo, she's still pretty hot. When yeah. she ain't being country trash. <laughs> and uh, Denise Bixler played Linda in this one. The only... She was in two other movies. One was like a TV movie, and the other one was called Crisis in the Kremlin. Which, if it was Crisis in the Kremlin, I might want to see it, but... Uh, Russian. Russian movies are so passe now. Uh, so drab. And, of course, the brother of Ted, Ra- uh, Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, was one of the biggest villains in the movie as the possessed Henrietta was his brother. Mm-hmm. And of course he was in Army of Darkness which we'll talk about in a few minutes. He was Spider-Monty 3 and he, he was one of the main characters in Xena, I believe. Yeah. Or one of the recurring ones, I think. And maybe in Hercules he too because I know those universes exist coexisted.
0: Uh, I don't know. I definitely remember him in Xena. <laughs> he was the third wheel. Ah. There,
2: he's in Hercules right there.
0: The legendary yeah. journeys. Crossover episodes, episodes
1: probably. Yeah. Joxer.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, Daniel. You you saw the, the ultimate experience in Grueling Terror last week with Evil Dead 1. And then comes Evil Dead 2 that you've never seen before. You don't have any clue except that you know it's the <laughs> sequel to Evil Dead. What did you think of Evil Dead 2? Okay. <laughs> I never liked something I says <laughs> okay first.
2: The thing, I like um, watching Evil Dead 1 wasn't well, meant to be funny. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't ex- I was. I didn't know Evil Dead Two was going to try to be funny. Uh, it succeeded to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Like at the very beginning, like I was still kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. it's just, And then when things just started, especially the hand. Yeah. Like I was like, this is <laughs> awesome, and then they decided to go with the. I mean, I know it does a little bit before that, but the hand thing's what really set it off mm-hmm. for me.
1: That's when you know this is something different than you might have expected. And
2: the difference between Bruce Campbell and the first one and this one in Army of Darkness, which we'll get to, but uh he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those like uh he was in Spider Man, I didn't really know him. You mm-hmm. know, and he's in Spider Man 2, didn't really know him. But now it's be it'd be one of those things where if I go back and watch them, oh, there's oh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. One of those things I yeah. enjoyed this movie a lot. Oh, uh, my
1: heart just grew. What did, you, did you think I was gonna? <laughs> no, I just I didn't think mm-hmm. you would be glowing like about the it. Pictures, <laughs> oh, like the classic picture of when he starts, right before he starts laughing when everything yeah. starts laughing. Yeah,
2: I'm sitting there flat out laughing my butt off. My like favorite thing <laughs> that laughs is the lamp. It's like, uh, <laughs> and then he sees it
1: <laughs> and he starts kneel like doing that little squat with it as it's laughing. I like the
2: the deer or whatever or like, who, eh. who became evil looking all of a sudden but he was like
1: eh. <laughs> you know it's somebody's hand
2: <laughs> but it was I enjoyed it I'm uh, so
1: glad to hear that and I mean people like uh, like you said Spider-Man you know who Bruce Campbell was the only way that you're gonna know who Bruce Campbell is for the most part is because you've seen Evil Dead 2 in Army of Darkness yeah I mean Evil Dead 1 if you just one, you probably wouldn't understand it but when you see these two movies that we're talking about today you understand, and you wonder why Bruce Campbell isn't, you know, a twenty million dollar per movie star <laughs> because he should be in everything. He's 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 a comedic
2: Arnold, not in the fact that he's he succeeds very well at being funny and cheesy at the same mm-hmm. time,
1: like seamlessly, yeah. <laughs> like in character, like that's he's, his character, like it's
2: you, you accept it very quickly, and it's nothing that. That bothers you about there's nothing that bothered me about him like he didn't do anything in the last two (laughs) movies that I was like really every I like Bruce Campbell a lot now
1: I'm so glad Mm -hmm. we can be friends forever (laughs) forever and ever because you love this movie so much Jesse I'm sure you've seen Evil Dead too
0: it's been a long time I've seen Army of Darkness more recently than Mm -hmm. Evil Dead too
2: yeah same (laughs) Same. (laughs) just about a day
1: though Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing, because the thing that's so starkly different about this series is, of course, the first one, like, you know, it's funny because it's cheap. Like, th- that kind of makes it funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess more so the effects than anything. Somebody just, the same. acting is funny. Yeah, but I'm you kind of, sure. I mean, you kind of expect it because of the look of the film, I guess. This one, you can tell they had a bigger budget, and it starts off like, oh, God, what's going on? But then it just... Exactly, it, yeah. Bruce Campbell alone, you just, it, just, he just makes it so amazing. I love when he walks into the room and he's got the champagne. Linda... She just drops the champagne and like does this little, like I, I, I kid you not, like me and like I mentioned it last week. Me, my friend Jason, and my friend Larry, we watched this movie so much to where like, you know, like when you watch a movie uh, once or twice, you and you that's when you notice the little things about it, mm-hmm. like that you might not. You watch it one time, you don't mm-hmm. catch. For like like in Star Wars, you recognize that person in the background, or like oh that's so and so because like you you've seen it so many times. Willow, like oh I yeah, watched this soldier in the background. He uh watched this him jump off the stairs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, whatever example you want to think of, but like. Evil Dead 2, we watched so many times to where, like, we know... Like, I do not stop laughing from the moment the movie starts to the end of the movie because there's so many little things that, as you watch it, you pick up on that are so fun. Like, body language. Just Bruce Campbell's expressions when the camera's not on him, he's in the background. The the bad acting. Just the effects (laughs) and everything. It's just so... It's so perfect. This is the most perfect... Like, I don't even want to call it a bad movie because it's not a bad movie. It's just... I, it's it's so unique, like I yeah, mean, it's a good way to put it. It's, it's there's it's a precur.
2: It's sort of a precursor to scary movie, but way better.
1: Yeah, infinitely, <laughs> infinitely better. It's this movie is so good, like and like I, you know, the whole story was last week. I'm not going to repeat it all, but this movie influenced me as far as how I view film aesthetic, so to speak, or how <laughs> I would like shoot something more than any other film. This, uh, the deer like <laughs> a little model of it or something I'd love to have a prop from this movie like I don't care what it is the lamp one of the curtains like this something from this movie would be like a holy grail of my collection by the
2: way for listeners who've tracked us throughout our whole podcast or I tried to get uh, Trey a General Lee Hot Wheel, but I could not find one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it would be in my glass case I have in my game room behind. I have to look for some where people could something. look but not touch. <laughs> and here's the sad thing: like I'm, I'm, I've been so mad at myself for like years because I had a huge garage sale. I had a huge uh, storage building outside of my backyard, which we repurposed to at my business to use as a storage building there. And so I had a That's huge it garage is. sale. Well, I didn't even know that. I uh, didn't know that either. Huge garage sale, and like I, I had like all the Metal Gear Solid figures, the McFarlane originals. Uh, all the Kiss figures, which I, the only one I still have is Gene for some reason. That's the only one that didn't sell. But I had the Movie Maniacs, McFarlane. I had Freddie, Jason, uh, Michael Myers, and Ash. I had Ash. He had a mini Necronomicon. I still have the mini Necronomicon for some reason because it wasn't in the bin to sell. But I ended up selling the Ash figure. Couldn't go to Comic Book Man and. Well, this wasn't some... around four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I made like fifteen hundred bucks at the garage sale, so that's I can't good. complain for a garage sale. No shit. Yeah, that's good. I was blown away and emptied the room yeah I I do the best garage sales I'll tell you why I don't price anything people are like (laughs) because I don't want to I don't want to deal with shit right (laughs) how much you want for this bag of movies Uh, there's like there's like 50 VHS's in there let's say 50 cents each 25 bucks take it off my hands done (laughs) just easy you know because you get to watch those are people that don't even want to haggle they're like oh shit a a Nintendo with like 8 games how much you want That's, uh, that's 200 200 bucks, like you know, like, uh, how well, you know, why don't you work with me? How about, how about for the games or something? Like, no, nah, you gotta take it all. 200 bucks, I ain't taking take any less because I think it's still Nintendo that they have to sell it for the price of a Wii U. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying, I mean, I guess you don't go to ride sales a lot, but no, I hardly ever <laughs> do. Anytime either. there's one in the neighborhood, I'll like just just take a peek, like, look, you always look for Halloween decorations for the party or costume ideas. Oh, yeah, and, uh, I've always wanted those hard plastic 80s style Christmas decorations where you have the light bulb in them you plug them in. They're like shaped like snowmen or the wise men. Or, oh, okay, you know, yeah. They're, but they're the hard plastic. Yeah. You just sit them in your yard, and you just plug it in, yeah. and it lights up. I always wanted those for some reason, because since I was a kid, I wanted them just <laughs> to be able to... That, that And that way, my Christmas decorating just, dunk, plug it in. Storage is a bitch, done. but... <laughs> I just put them in my attic, and so then every time I open my attic, door, the three wise men are staring at yeah, me. Yeah, it's so, a Christmas village out there. I. <laughs> I would love that. But yeah, this movie... I, I mean, nothing... This movie. If I'm having a bad day, I would watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It's so enjoyable, every part of the movie, and it's so iconic now too. Especially because uh, I think most people probably have across the like, if you if you took a poll of like who's seen all three, who's seen one, who's seen two, who's seen three, who's seen two of the three, you know, just kind of see. I think most people probably would be solely on Army of Darkness. I think because that's the big one that that's where like okay. It is a horror movie but it's it's 20% the story is horror but the movie is entirely comedic. Yeah. Whereas in this one the story is all horror but the people in it are comedians. So to speak. This is
2: a movie where you wouldn't change the main character actor for anybody mm-hmm. else.
1: Never. He I and mean, honestly in I mean, Sam Raimi's nobody a great director, done that. but nobody, I think, it was a, it's because him and Campbell are such good friends, like, their collaboration made both of them famous. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I mean, of course, Raimi's very, a very, very unique director. I think his style has mellowed out over the years, especially with Oz being, like, a, a big production. Even look at Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, just the, it's a progression, but also in a sense a degression from some of his bad habits that I really liked. Uh, that he would use, like a lot of the, the like the POV. Or we're we'll talk Army of Darkness in a little bit, but, uh, but the first example was the POV where the dude's running, where he takes the crossbow and shoots him, and you get the side shot of the arrow, mm-hmm. you get the arrow mm-hmm. traveling, like the, all these POV shots, It's just amazing. The it's, POV of the shooting the hand with the shotgun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he puts the farewell arms on top of it as a <laughs> subtle yeah, reference. I and just, oh, I and, noticed uh, that too. It's just and the the whole the entire scene where his hands in in, under control and he's sitting there doing all that shit. I like the. -hmm. I mean that and he's sitting there flipping himself, bashing himself in the Mm -hmm. head, and like acted so well. You believe that his hand is possessed and he's knocked out and he's just. (laughs) We thought Jim Carrey
2: just he tried to do it. He did a good job, but I think Jim Carrey was inspired
0: by Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then there was a whole movie inspired Idle Hands.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Speaking of Jim Carrey, quick aside, quick, quick, quick aside. I saw the incredible Burt Wonderstone, mm. which the only reason I'm bringing it up is because everywhere I've heard is like it's it hasn't even made anywhere near its money back. It's already out of the box office. It's a failure. I enjoyed that movie. I would yeah, recommend watching I like the it. Cast. Jim Car like Jim Carrey alone is why I wanted to see it because Steve Carell's always kind of he's he's basically Michael Scott and everything except Little Miss Sunshine, which he was yeah. awesome in. Uh, but I would highly recommend like uh, watching it mm. when it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray it's worth a watch it's not the greatest movie ever but wow. I thoroughly enjoyed it I like Carell in you know like and then King Alan Carrey. Arkin's in it too and he's great <laughs> and uh, it's never hurts to have Olivia Wilde in a movie because she's yep. pretty hot I'll try to catch it whenever it comes Elder, and anybody out there listening is like oh that movie looks dumb like it was honestly it's probably my favorite Steve Carell movie that he's done aside from or let me rephrase it that he's the main star in Aside oh, wow. from forty-year-old version. That, yeah, that's I mean that, that's a different 40. level because that's I mean that's Apatow, yeah. that's a different level than anything that else he's done.
2: Twice in the past two weeks. Wow.
1: But, he, but yeah. it, well, actually, that's a good example because he's not Michael Scott in that movie. Yeah. But look at I mean, th- I will correct myself because I mean, *Limitless Sunshine*. He's you know he was a gay professor that got fired because yeah. was... you know and he yeah. and he was all depressed and he was great. He was great in four-year-old version. He was just that nervous... Andy. Uh, unsure dork. I mean, collecting... Was it action figures that he collected? It, or? He made like 500,000. Yeah, something. something like
2: that. <laughs> we gotta get us some fucking toys.
1: But then everything else, he's always... I never saw a st- Crazy Stupid Love. I heard it was good. It was uh, definitely a drama. Really? You know, it wasn't funny or anything. I do want to see that friend... Looking for a friend for the end of the world or whatever with... Uh, I think Kira Knightley's in it? Eight.
2: I don't like
0: Seeking her a friend slides. for the end of the world. Yeah.
1: Is it Kira Knightley that's in that with him? Yeah. 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 I, I like her. I like her I better than Natalie like Portman. Her. No, I like Natalie Portman better. No way. V for <laughs> Vendetta would have been so much better with Kira Knightley in it. Because whoa, 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 whoa. she actually speaks I, English.
2: I don't like Kira
1: Knightley though. I don't either. Mm. Oh, I'm in a minority here. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good, <laughs> Andrea will argue about why she, I mean, she'll tell you a lot um, more Domino detail why Harvey. she hates Kira Knightley. <laughs> because she like doesn't didn't play a good miss whatever name was in Pride and Prejudice or something.
2: No. Not necessarily that. I'm just, just the fact your wife that because I know she that likes those period she's, dramas. She's just totally typecast for period stuff like it's yeah. Let's Get Gare nightly. And she but said she, something about the way she talks like she has Yeah. Something in her
0: I forgot the way she said it. It made me laugh. That Domino commercial. I Remember when she
1: was in the movie Domino? Oh, that movie was terrible. Mickey Wark was in that too. I mean, the damn I think damn Tony clip. Scott did it or no, did Ridley she's, do it? Might have been, I don't remember. That so was just a
2: bad movie. She needs to uh, eat a little bit, too. Yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> I like her better than Allie Portman. I thought Allie Portman. Wow. You seen Atonement? Yeah. Send us your
0: emails. Who you prefer? <laughs>
2: not that it matters. Now, Tolman had it awesome.
1: <laughs> We're talking about Evil Dead. This is Evil Dead. All right. Kira Knightley. Everybody has an opinion, though. That's right. Speak it. Of course. We're welcome to hear it. But anyway, uh, uh, the one thing that me and my friends enjoyed watching this movie, or so many of you know, what you would in another movie, I would consider a blooper, but in this movie, it's like more like atmosphere, just because it's so campy. Like, oh, this door was open, or he, you know, or this wasn't like that in that previous scene; it's facing a different way. But there's a couple of scenes where Ash's chainsaw switches hands <laughs> because Sam Raimi didn't like the way it looked him coming from that direction. Yeah, and then so he flipped it of him coming the other direction, oh. just so because it, it looked better, it flowed better, etc. And this is something actually, I did not know until recently as, as well. I love like finding something out. I always assumed that this one was a basically a remake of the original because the studio that did part two didn't have the rights to part one, which that is true in a sense. But Evil Dead Two isn't a remake. It picks up where exactly where the end of one left leaves off when he gets turned when he gets hit and he's flying through the trees spinning yeah. like a record. That's kind of basically where it picks up from two. However, they didn't have the studio like I said didn't have the rights to the original. So they had to recap everything, but it still It doesn't have any of the other kids yeah. getting killed. They just kind of sum it up better, or more succinctly, so to speak. Very quickly too, with a narrate. Yeah. yeah, I love that intro. It's so I it's said Ray Harryhausen stop motion. <laughs> the book, the book was lost and written in blood. I love I love those '80s effects like that. And of course, it's all digital now, so it never looks that good anymore, or n- never looks that cool anymore. Um. But let me see. Yeah, uh, blah blah blah. The right show scenes. Do I have the uh, studios here? No. I summed that up pretty well. Uh, oh, uh, this was an urban legend that Campbell and Ramey actually started to see who would believe it. In the uh, in the recap part, kind of basically that scene I was saying about where the camera runs at his face and then he's flying through the trees, spinning like ah, and he hits the tree and falls into the deepest puddle ever. <laughs> and then you know holds his breath like uh like at least a minute, and then mm-hmm. pops up you know all possessed and everything. But the urban legend was that when they shot that, the camera hit Bruce Campbell in the jaw and broke his jaw, mm. which they told people that happened. But it, they just want to see who would believe it. So that if you if you're on Jeopardy and they say Bruce Campbell broke his jaw, that is not true. It's an urban legend. Mm. Uh, this was pretty awesome because it's really funny, and we've talked about it on several other movies like sort of who knows who celebrity wise or who went to school with this person, etc. And once I read this, it made it. It was so perfect, but the. If you had to compare Bobby Joe, the character of Bobby Joe to an actress who would like how she is in the movie, who would you say like if somebody played the Bobby Joe character, what actress would you say could play Bobby Joe? Like or, or, or in right re, in real life is like Bobby Joe. I'm confusing you. <laughs> uh, I w-
2: I would think I know who it is, but uh, I would think if you didn't that uh, I would think Juliet Lewis. Really? Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't ask if I didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know Jesse?
0: No. <laughs> Holly Hunter. Okay. I didn't really understand the question, to be I honest. Have, <laughs> yeah, I figured.
1: I have a way of confusing questions. <laughs> but to see who's really listening. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, she was actually a housemate of Sam Raimi's in the early 80s, along with Joel Cohen, which we talked about last week. Uh, he was our assistant director. I mean, uh, our second unit director or something. I can't remember what I told you about last week on Evil, the original. But also uh, Frances McDormand. And of course... Uh, the Cohen brothers Joel and his brother Ethan went on to do uh, Fargo with Francis McDormand and Burn after reading with Francis McDormand so they kind of remained friends and of course the uh, Coens have worked with Raimi before as well hmm. on things so yeah but Bobby Joe was completely based on Holly Hunter which is why she's kind of like alright you know <laughs> after I read that I was like god that is Holly Hunter like so much I wonder if they just said act like Holly Hunter or I Stephen think a lot Newman.
0: of movies are guilty of that probably Trying to see people imitating somebody Jamie else. Act like like Kieran Knightley, <laughs> <laughs> always trying
1: to imitate Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. <laughs> oh, really? I would say it's the other way. <laughs> Have you seen V for Vendetta? <laughs> oh, look, I'm English. Ugh. Now, which I'm, one uh, looks better? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman looks better. I think Kira Knightley looks better. No. I'm not I, just saying. I, like, I, I her now. <laughs> Let's okay. Screw this discussion. <laughs> We're sticking yeah. to Evil Dead. <laughs> We already had like, way too many tangents this episode. This is Evil Dead. Uh, most of the film, of course the original was actually shot in a deserted cabin, uh, but this film was actually, the set was built in a gymnasium of the J.R. Falson Junior High School in Wadesboro, North Carolina. Hmm. Oh, that's good. And this is the second film who's had a, who had a set built in a gymnasium. Do you remember the first one?
2: That we've done?
0: hmm
1: And it was mentioned in <laughs> the Zit- trivia. <laughs> Jesse, that's on 90s Revisited. <laughs> Some uh, basketball movie. The, tell me, like, <laughs> <No>. is it... Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, <laughs> 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 it's not a tri- it's not, not, not that much of a trick question. Okay. <laughs> is it one of
2: our earlier ones or
1: one of our Yeah, ones? I, I think it's in the, I think it might have been like the, I don't know the number, but it's in the single digits, I believe. The set for the movie was built in a gymnasium.
2: Don't know. Boop, boop, boop.
1: The correct answer is, what is The Breakfast Club? The whole library set was in a gymnasium. Oh, shit.
2: I was thinking it was in a library. You just
1: shoot a library, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I guess no library. I mean, of course, when we we grow up, you know, yeah, they had an extremely elaborate library. We had one that was like maybe three rows of books in my school. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't wasn't very substantial. I mean, you could have filmed it in there, but then, you know, Mr. Vernon would just like be in the same room with them or they wouldn't be able to run upstairs and turn on the music and smoke pot and and do exactly what they wanted Have a big statue in the middle to catch meat. Uh and we talk about Stephen King was such a huge fan of the original and so much so that he convinced producer Dino De Laurentiis, who's no longer with us, over dinner one night who was when uh he was producing Maximum Overdrive with Breakfast Club alumni Emilio Estevez uh excuse me to have his, uh De Laurentis finance Evil Dead 2, which he did convince him, thus Evil led 2 a Dino De Laurentiis production. Mm-hmm. And uh during the scene where the uh severed head of this I'll, I'll, this is like a quote this is like something that I would do like if I was a badass which I'm not but in my own brain like, like I said I would go up to uh, who do we talk about and I said hey say this line You know, I say that often about people that we talk about on the podcast like I saw them in person anyway this, this is so amazing because it's not just me that would do that to people it's reassuring to know that there's a badass out there who would you know walk up to another celebrity or a celebrity period and just be like hey say this line from your movie anyway uh and this scene when I first saw the movie just cracked me up so much because it's so obviously 80-yard, but it's when uh, his girlfriend's biting the severed head, is biting his hand, when he's, he's sitting on the chair at first and it falls in his lap. He's like, hello, lover. And it bites him on his thumb and he's like banging it on the bookshelf and everything. And then he eventually gets to the floor and he's rolling on the floor and all of a sudden he looks kind of at the, off to the left and goes, work shed. Remember that part? I remember that. And, it's so, it's, and it was added in post-production, I mean, it, <laughs> but it's so blatantly not him saying it. I mean, it's him saying it, but added later. But uh, <clears throat> you want the light or not. <laughs> that was one. That was a redub from one of our old old movies, which we'll never see the light of day because it was so terrible. Which one was that? Quietest Park. Oh right, right, right. With okay. Five minute recap. Okay, uh, the main dude that was that we were filming a short film with a good friend of ours, Chuck Morgan, and uh, the uh, the main actor was drunk and high and all sorts of other. He really kind of, he talked like this, and he's supposed to be the devil. And he, he <laughs> instead of saying, like, he said eruption instead of, like, some other word. Erection. That, no, it wasn't no. erection. <laughs> it's not that kind of movie! It's not that kind of movie! Uh, equation. I can't remember what he said, but he, like, mispronounced words, so we're just, like, we're watching him. I'm like, God, this dude's so bad. Mm. So when went <laughs> with a standard PC mic, you know, the big, yeah uh, the old kind. I sat there and watched his mouth listened to him say it like ten, each line ten times and then went back and tried to imitate it like his flow so it matched the Yeah. I guess just like they used I don't know if they, that's still how they still do it but just sitting there watching him I guess like an animated movie I guess you're watching the animation and you're trying to I don't know if they do or vice versa how they do it but yeah and that was one of the dub lines <laughs> and it came out terrible <laughs> but however it came out better than it would have if we would have left his vocals in there because they were bad. Imagine the devil trying to talk to you like this (laughs) while he's dressed like a faggy golf kid. (laughs) It's just not threatening at all. Uh, But it did come out better. We did finish it. It's not on YouTube. That's a shame. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. When I'm drunk.
0: You'd put them all up there.
1: But anyway, to finish my story, uh, Nine years after Evil Dead 2, when Bruce Campbell was filming his cameo in Escape from L.A., the sequel to Escape from New York, an 80s movie, which will be done on this podcast, the first thing that your friend and mine, Kurt Russell, said to Bruce Campbell when he met him, walked right up to him, looked him in the eye, in his snake, Plissken outfit, and said, say, work shed. (laughs) That's just fucking awesome. That's so awesome. I think. If you don't (laughs) think it's awesome, I don't care. But to me, it's awesome. And then... uh. There's a director cameo in this movie. I don't know if you caught it. It's, he's the knight at the end who says, Hail, he is comfort... With the, with the lisp. Come mm-hmm. from, a the from the five, The flavor delivereth from the terror of the deadites. Hail! <laughs> and that's said director, Sam Raimi, as the knight setting up the next one, which is Army of Darkness. Oh, that's good. But, uh, however, let's wrap this uh, time frame of that two up real quick. The body count, care to guess... <laughs> It's just like the first one.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Everybody but him. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the one, two, three...
0: Uh, four? I'll go five. Final answer? All yeah. right.
2: Hold on.
1: <laughs> four.
0: All right, what is it?
1: Five. Ah, oh, yeah. You forgot Linda in the recap in the beginning. Oh, you guess. had the four that came to the... <laughs>
0: You got it right last
1: time. <laughs> uh, but again, this released on March 13th, 1987. And we some other movie we did came out around this time frame too, because I think I mentioned this before. But in the real real world, four days, this was like this was like one of this this four day window was like the greatest four day window of my life, aside from non-Star Wars related, because not only did one of the greatest movies of all time come out on March 13th, 1987 but one of the, if not the greatest album was released on March 9th, 1987. Joshua Tree. Damn right, Skippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, I remember. Uh, but yeah, over 25 million sold, and a different fun fact from the last one, but uh, on the 2012 Rolling Stone list of the uh, 500 greatest albums of all time, it came in at number 27 on their list. And they called it an album that turned spiritual quests and political struggles into uplifting stadium sing-alongs, In quote. And that was the way it was in March of
0: 1987. Dan, you got some... Uh... Sports. Rewind.
2: I got something. It's not much. I gotta give us to some if we have fans listening to North and stuff. But this happened I'm sure there are. March 11th. Couldn't find anything on the 13th anyway, sports-wise. Sports. Slow time. Wayne Gretzky scored his 1500, 1,500 NHL goal. Wow. That's hard to say. I just pulled a U. 15th, oh, yeah. 1,500, oh, yeah. 1500 oh, NHL oh, points. <laughs> Not goal, points. Excuse me. Because assists counts as a point oh, in I was That's what I was about to
1: say. Mm. I didn't know that. He
2: was uh, an
0: assistant fool. Wayne Gretzky's...
1: Laugh at me. Go ahead. No, No, because <laughs> I'm bigger than that.
2: Wayne Gretzky... It's considered probably the you know best yeah. hockey player ever. He's the
1: one that I mean I can't name another one off the top That's of the my great head.
2: Great one. I never I'm, really got into hockey.
1: Like I've always, mm. we, well, of course, in the, being here in the South, they never. Really well, I mean, even with the Kingfish, we well, yeah. we did
2: have a think of it kind of like minor a minor league. league hockey team called the Baton Rouge Kingfish.
1: I always wanted to go, but never did.
2: I heard it was a good experience, but I just never went. And like every time I see a movie
1: with or like or they go to a hockey game, I'm like God, would, I'd love to go to a hockey game. My brother lives in L.A., as everybody knows. My parents went to an L.A. Kings game one time. They said, oh, it was, it was awesome. It was fun. But I think part of that is also because we don't know what the fuck. We just know, oh, he's got score scored in the goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, know, you know some so of the it, rules. It's alien or, almost to yeah. us in a way because we're in the South. We're in Louisiana. It snows once or twice every 10 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I
2: think it would be, hockey would definitely be one that would be better to go there and watch, mm-hmm. a better experience. Like, for uh, example, minor league baseball. A lot of people don't go there for the baseball. A lot of people don't go there for the baseball. They come in there because there's always some type of promotion or something. Hey, you got a chance to win this, or it's blab- bet blah, don't head. Head. Yeah, blah blah blah. They <laughs> don't announce that shit
1: to like after the game. Yeah,
2: blah blah blah. head night or, or something like that. The gimmicks are what sells minor league baseball because you're not gonna have any stars like we had talked about with basketball. Yeah. Okay, LeBron James is coming. They're playing the Hornets. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get a damn ticket. Yeah. You know things like that. But
1: I wonder if hockey has to do that. That's, that's that's what I was really getting. I would, from what I've heard, and by saying what I've heard is from uh, like Smodcasts, because Kevin yeah. Smith and all of his gang are there in Jersey, the Jersey Devils, J- big yeah. hockey fans. They talk and they talk about players all the time, but then of course, and they, it was funny because the episode I was listening to an episode today, it was about the Comic Book Men Companion podcast, and by out there lists to it, but uh, they were talking about how there's like, I think thirty NHL teams, and there's fifty states, mm-hmm. yet. There's like two or three teams in LA. Like you know, you there's more than enough to have one in each state. There's so many enough teams, but it's so localized. Canada, yeah, that's true. Because we do have in the NHL. That is correct. Yeah. So that does kind of skew the number a bit, but you know, there's like four in New York, and you got Jersey, and
2: you got uh, Boston Bruins, you got, uh, (laughs) man, Jersey Devils, Detroit Red Wings, and talking about like uh, just East Coast. Yeah, most of them.
1: And of course, you got the mighty Ducks.
2: I think there's a Tampa Bay Lightning,
1: way down south. Really? Yeah. Huh. I have no clue. But I, I would love to go to a, like an NHL game.
2: Yeah, there's Tampa Bay. They played Ottawa. So <laughs> think think about the travel. Oi. Think about if like it. Like you play Tampa, you got to go play Vancouver. That's a. That's a long ass way. Well, the,
1: the the uh. I guess the difference is the fact that it's not like you're playing on their outdoor football field or baseball f- diamond. You're playing. I mean, like, play, sp- like game. I mean, it's just airfare and things well, like that. Oh well, yeah, imagine know? it's ridiculously expensive. Mm. That's probably your biggest expense for a hockey team. It would seem. Because so you know, I mean, there's no hockey player except maybe Gretzky that's making you know millions upon millions like a check this LeBron out Lebron or a uh, Breeze for or now exactly. a Tony Romo for some reason. So and don't even have a ring or a championship.
2: The Southeast Division. There's uh five teams in it, and this is in the NHL. The Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, kind of close. Tampa Bay Lightning, kind of close. Washington Capitals a little far away, then Winnipeg in the, in the southeast, southeast division.
1: Southeast Canada. I think, I think two of them are in Florida. That's funny. Guys. That's so weird. That's
2: that that could that could be a pretty big disadvantage. Well, why is the, Dallas in
1: the well, Pacific? A,
2: they just had a lot of trouble. I don't know.
1: I guess they didn't want three Los Angeles teams and then a uh, Arizona team. They had to. The guy didn't have a map. He's not very good. At you <laughs> Anyways. I love to see a map of like their territories, how skewed it is. Like,
2: I mean, most people, though, who
1: may have not watched a game of hockey in their
2: life know who Wayne Gretzky was. But yeah, he transcended his sport. I just never gotten into it. They even tried the little glow where on the computer yeah, the puck would glow so you can see it better.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, yeah, That was, was awesome. That was that totally a gimmick totally.
2: that made me watch, but it didn't last. Because, I mean,
1: honestly, like... I, when the few games I have watched without that like so I can't see the fucking puck, puck. Yeah. like did he no. oh did he score nobody's celebrating I guess not and it's so because it's so quick too I mean yeah, it's, it is that puck the games are fun yeah but, but. especially uh, was it Blades of Steel on NES
0: I didn't play that you far had back. the side
1: scrolling fight that you could get into <laughs> like Karate Champs it was awesome and you were guaranteed to fight a game it was like a mini game within the game that's funny they oh, yeah, had Mutant League Hockey which was a sequel to one of the greatest Genesis games of all time, Mutant League football. <laughs> which I never played. got to play Mutant mm-hmm. League hockey. But, mm. love the football. I'm sure it's similar.
0: <laughs> anyway, that is... Uh-huh. <coughs> Sports. Rewind.
1: Thank you, Daniel! Uh, how we run- How What time are we running on this one? Uh, it's, uh, we're... has been about... 37 minutes. Yeah. Right? You want to split it up or just go right into Army of Darkness? Split it okay alright we're gonna we're gonna actually make two episodes out of this so you have more to come back to for the evil dead Uh, see us thinking
0: on the fly here that's how (laughs) good we are
1: yeah this is not a democracy anymore (laughs) a lot of people
0: edit their podcasts I've never edited a
1: podcast I can see how like you might want to like somebody says we're joking and somebody says something maybe really inappropriate or that's just
0: who we are
1: (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's not how we want the <laughs> public to <say>. We <laughs> put yeah. doors in the ass.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's
1: going to well, be edited Well, out. actually, that can go. You didn't, you know, if you said the M word, that you <laughs> F-M's in the A. But you said that before. I know, but I was just being silly for the sake of this discussion. Uh, so I, you want to I edit it. I think it's cool.
2: I'm actually quoting a line, so blah.
1: That's oh, fine. So it's someone else matter. said Yeah. But, uh, to them. I did have a Back to the Future prepared anyway, but we'll save it for the next one because I was going to talk about the Evil Dead... Re- okay, no. I have a rewind for Army of Darkness. Perfect. Hey, here's what we'll do. Uh, I'll do a quick non-spoiler review of the remake, and then next week with Army of Darkness, to give you people Ooh. another week to see it, we'll do a spoiler review of the remake. So real quick, uh, the Evil Dead remake, I saw it uh, the Thursday, at min- well it's not midnight because we talked about it before they did the earlier show, and so it was great. Uh the poster says it's the most terrifying movie you'll ever experience. It's, to me, it was, it fell way short of the hype for it. Uh, I think for most people, A, who don't, well, I know people who love the franchise who loved it and I don't, I didn't hate it. I think it was good but it is way overhyped to make it, even to me and I fell victim to that, to that same marketing ploy as well like that you know, it's so scary and the, the movie poster is half of its reviews from reputable sites like Bloody Disgusting for horror movies and other things, you know, saying, oh, you must see this, see it with the crowd, etc., etc. Uh, so I went into it with really high expectations which, that like I said, it violates my cardinal rule about a remake. I, I hate remakes. We've had this discussion before. Very few remakes are worth anything. Uh, this one doesn't reach remakes to like the caliber of the thing over the original, uh, but it's definitely not a bad remake. Uh, it's kind of like what I said with Oz. I found Oz started strong, got weak in the middle, and finished strong. This one, it start, they, have to, they set up a premise for what happens, like a, a logical story that as to why they're at the cabin instead of just, hey, we're coming here to hang out for the weekend, get drunk, and fuck our girlfriends, you know, or whatever. They make it they felt like they had to have more than that to add a, more of a mythos to it where the original and Evil Dead 2 and Army Darkness, they just did that within the context of what they were doing. So, they really kind of stressed making it more of a setup type movie, like a, like a more modern horror movie, you know. Uh, whereas, you know, in the classics, Friday the 13th, oh, Jason drowned, that's why he's coming to kill you people. You find that out in the last five minutes of the movie. Meanwhile, everybody's getting killed from beginning to end. You know, you don't need an elaborate story to keep these people here at this cabin. So, but the middle, when the, the demon guts start hitting the fan, so to speak, great. Uh, the end, it falls apart to me because it get There's a MacGyver moment in the movie, mm. and it's dumb. It's flat out dumb. However, that being said, I enjoyed the movie. It's worth seeing. Rate it. I'll, I'll give it a uh, rating. Uh, the uh, of course, if you've seen the red band trailer, unfortunately, you've pretty much seen most of the disgusting, controversial, so to speak, parts of the movie. Uh, but they're done really, it's it's very, very well directed. I really like this guy. It's some foreign name. I don't remember, like, Luis de la Marte or whatever. Forgive me if you're listening by some thin <laughs> stretch of the imagination. But uh, it's very well directed. The sound is phenomenal. It's not badly acted, which I was hoping there was at least somebody that would be kooky. I, I don't know why I was hoping there would be something like that. Uh, Fide Alvarez was the director. Uh I'm sorry if I massacred your name after I said the correct name, uh, <laughs> but because of the series that it's inspired by, I really went into it with, and because of the hype for it, I went in with high expectations. But also, the original trilogy being so fermented in my theater-going mind, I probably expected a little bit different outcome, so to speak, than what it actually was. Cause, but I, again, I did. Like I said last week, before I saw it, you know, it is, this is meant to be a pure horror movie. I went into it thinking that, but I still expected, and there are there are subtle nods to the original, and they're not the in-your-face kind that are stupid. that a lot of movies do, in remakes or anything like uh, Clash of the Titans. Like he holds up the owl in the remake. What's this? And they're like, put it down. We're not bringing that. Like, you know, if you're just watching, that movie, you're like, why the fuck did he just pick up an owl? <laughs> like it's it's you know, it wasn't just in the background for. You know, to be in the background or as a as a little little touch, this movie does it right. Uh, the Oldsmobile 88 that's in every Sam Rae movie it's it's parked and decrepit by the cabin, and it's not a prequel or a sequel or anything. But you know, that's how they put the Oldsmobile in it. There's subtle references to other things that are never they never take you out of the moment of what's happening. But like I said, wrap it up because we'll get into more depth next week. Uh, but it's it's worth seeing. Uh, it's very very gory, but in a serious way as opposed to like the original where it's. It's pretty silly when cream, green green died. cream corn's coming out of mm-hmm. people and stuff. So I mean, it's it's a hard R, I'd say. I mean, as far as the violence that's in the movie, uh, but to me, it peaks in the middle and then thematically, it just kind of goes downhill. And also, stay after the credits because you want to see what they show. And that's it for that. But uh, what I would give the remake on a score like now, this can't be compared to what I've rated movies on the podcast because of the diff. Like I said, this podcast is skewed more so. You know, part of my review is skewed by, uh, or score, I should say, is skewed by my attachment to it from a young age. So that, that skews the score. But I would give this remake probably i uh, I'd probably give it a seven, seven point five somewhere around there, which is on my scale of any movie in general. That's like, you know, to me, that's like a worth seeing, mm-hmm. type situation. Uh, but it's, it's I'm, am not, I'm just, I'm knocking it because there are certain things that are, are problematic in it. But I still liked it. So that's that. Uh, but now speaking of scores. What would you give Evil Dead 2? Evil Dead 2 about an 8. Wow, mm. nice. <laughs> I think last week I gave Evil Dead one like a 9.5, something like that. This one would be a 9.7 for me. Again, it, this movie is like if it's one of those, if I was on a desert island and you have five DVDs, Army Darkness, and like when I have that many to choose from, Army Darkness, Evil Dead 2 would be in there somewhere, most likely, at least mm. one of them type situation. I, I didn't one,
2: expect to like it as much as I did I'm really glad mm-hmm.
1: you. I mean part of me was hoping that you would which I hope in a lot of the movies we watch that you do but there's some that I just know that you're probably not going to dig uh, like the one not next week since we're breaking this one in two, but the one after that which we'll get into then but uh, yeah I'm really glad you liked it it seemed sort of up your alley so to speak just I think because of the, the uh, how I knew you would laugh at what was funny yeah. so that's what I liked about it just didn't it, so. expect it to be funny that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what even made it better to me Oh, and I can't wait to talk about Army of Darkness. And, mm. uh, so let's get on with well, that. But we're gonna I, I go figured ahead and, about Army of Darkness <laughs> after watching Evil Dead 2. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and split this up and we'll uh, tune in next week for '80s slash '90s revisited as we finish out the Evil Dead trilogy with Army of Darkness. Till next week, I remain Trey Harris,
0: Daniel Angelo, Jesse
1: Sedgley, Groovy Bunga. Ah. Oh.
0: Show and more at the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesome podcast network. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.